Well, hello, friends, and welcome to a very special edition at The Messy Table, an ordinary space for us to pause and remember that God is at work in our mess. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I have the tremendous joy of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a brand new story of hope and truth into your earbuds, your speakers, every other Tuesday. And guys, cue the confetti. I truly cannot believe that today marks the 100th episode right here at The Messy Table, 100 life-giving, hope-dealing, eye-opening conversations that, God willing, have added a spark of light to your days. And I just want to take a moment to say this is such a collective effort. Like there is no way I would be doing this without locking arms with some of the bravest women I know. Women from all over the world with one single goal, and that's to leverage whatever they have, including their voices and their stories, to make Jesus known. So from zero to 100, people ask me all the time, what's your favorite episode? Which one do I just have to hear? And the truth is, I can't even answer that question because I have genuinely learned something from everyone. I have honestly seen the unseen hand of God through each unique voice and each unique life. So if you have joined me as a guest over the past 100 episodes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I have to give an extra special shout out to LaTanya Pratt, Kat Robinson, and Whitney Reed for being willing to be the first three episodes. Guys, even when I had no idea what in the world I was doing, these three friends trusted me with their stories and took a giant leap of faith. I also want to say a gigantic thank you to Amy Groeschel, Cindy Bill, and to anyone who has ever co-hosted with me. And I definitely can't forget my very best friends, you know who you are, who have prayed with me and prayed for the hearts of the women listening to this podcast. And to you right now listening, if you've joined us even once or all 100 times to listen, to learn, to grow, if you've ever shared these episodes with a friend or shared them on social media, if you've connected with us on Instagram, or if you've taken a moment to leave us a rating and review so that other women can find these stories, if you have been impacted in any sort of way, just thank you. As I've already mentioned, this is totally and completely a group effort, and that includes you. It's also a ministry, not a business. And I am so humbled and grateful that God has opened this door of opportunity and frankly, given me the grace to keep going. So moving on, since she joined us for episode number one, I thought it was only fair for LaTanya Pratt to co-host with me for episode 100. And we are chatting with one of the most sincere and darling women I have ever gotten to meet. Vivi Rivers is a wife and mom of four boys with the cutest Colombian accent you have ever heard in your life. And right alongside of her husband, Jonathan and Vivi lead Destiny Church out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And y'all, today we are talking about the impossible pursuit of perfection, plus the journey of coping with fatherlessness and what it's like to pivot in motherhood and surrender our unfulfilled longings and the bottomless surprises of grace. You do not want to miss this episode, so grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us for a chat with Vivi. All right. Well, I got one of my best friends, Latanya Pratt, here. Yay! And we are chatting with the adorable Vivi Rivers. Oh my goodness. So welcome to the messy table. Thank you. Thank you. So Latanya, this is the 100th episode. What in the world? It is the craziest thing ever. You know, every time I listen to a podcast, I think about Payway. <laughs> we were sitting at Payway in the middle of the restaurant during lunch, and all of our lunches last from like 12 until someone has to pick up their kids. <laughs> and 
we both were just sharing how you're going to start podcasting. I'm going to start somehow with like this fashion and empowering women thing. And we're just going to do it. Yep. And then we would meet up at like Starbucks and just, okay, how are you doing? We're like, well, you know, it's coming along. This is happening. And then we met in your kitchen and we were like, if this doesn't go well, then we'll no just, one will hear no it. No one has to no know. No one will we'll hear just it. it. And here you are, <laughs> 100 episodes later. But listen, you were the guinea pig. Like you gave us all the gift going first. <laughs> That's a big deal. I'm so jealous when I hear other people because I came in, we were just like, hey, you know, if this works, this works. If it doesn't, it's fine. And we hit record. <laughs> and then people come in and they have their notes and scriptures that they've written out. And I'm like, oh yeah, I probably should have given someone a scripture. Well, I didn't think It was amazing. Notes. But I will say, I hope you never take it for granted that this is a battlefield. Hmm. Just like the scripture says, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. Every time a woman comes here to tell her story, she's beating up the devil. That's right. And then every time a woman listens, she's identifying Mm -hmm. a woman that has her story and she's being reminded that if God did it for them, they can do it for me. That's right. Mm, That's good. And the final thing that I feel like God has taught me throughout listening to your episodes and listening to you step up and be the woman of ministry that God has called you to be is that we have a book that we can go to Hmm. for everything. And you have tackled crazy, crazy topics on this show. (laughs) We've spoken about abortion, molestation, sexual sin, drugs, strip clubs. That's right. Race. Yeah. And every topic has had a verse that we could go to in the Bible to walk us through it. We have scripture that can help us get through it. Grief, there's a scripture, there's a story. Racial reconciliation, there's a story. And you have not tackled any one of those topics in a timid way. You've sought God first and you've kept him as the center of this podcast the entire time. And for that, I'm forever grateful. I love you. You are my bestie. You are my blonde twin. And I cannot (laughs) wait to be back for episode number 1,111. I just started sweating. (laughs) 1,111. It has been such an honor. It truly has. And here's the thing. I don't do it alone. Like it would be nothing without the women like you all, you ladies who step out in faith into a really hard thing, which is speaking truth, which is telling your story. It's vulnerable. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's messy. It's nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. I have not met one person that has come on this episode who hasn't been nervous. I mean, it's your life, right? It's a big deal, but you are stepping into the hard thing to tell people about the saving grace of Jesus through your own personal Mm -hmm. story. And it's just such an amazing thing. And like you said, LaTanya, we have the word of God. We have the spirit of God. And that's really all we need. It's so. all we need. And you know what else? You are always so welcoming. So not only do I get to come to your messy table, you're always like, yeah, you can bring a friend. <laughs> That's so I brought a friend to the messy table today. <laughs> Vivi knew LaTanya when she was in college. Mm, let's tell some stories on that. We're not because it's not my episode. Oh, so we'll just keep those. She's so humble. We'll hide those away. Um, it's our episode. Deep, deep, deep away. <laughs> But I just want you to know that I will always be grateful for you. And I'm so honored that 
I know you, but I'm even more excited that the world is about to know oh my, my sweet five foot <laughs> Colombian Vivi Rivers. Oh, Natanya. I am so honored and just grateful to be here. I'm it's beyond myself, honestly. And then I have to remind myself that I am in the perfect place where I just love to be, which is a conversation with mm-hmm. friends. That's right. And then just the privilege and the day and age that we live in that this can be passed on and that other women can also listen and feel like they're just right here, which has been my experience listening to the Messy Table podcast. Yay. So thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for doing the brave thing. And uh, it just makes me think like we have these conversations conversations don't we like we open up we mm-hmm. are that side of God's character and his goodness that is willing to say let's talk it out you know let's hear it mm-hmm. let's share it with one another let us not forget you know oh, yes. the hard the ugly the messy um and, and the beautiful and the beautiful right? and let us not dismiss it right or pass it or forget it because this is what life and and true living is about so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for having me i'm super excited to be here as we can already tell you're gonna love Vivi. Like you're gonna and love her. I like love I her. fell in love. I love your accent. And oh, the joy. Thank you. Like I wish you could watch her because yes. she's just oh, full of goodness. joy. Let's go video for this one <laughs> hundredth episode. Just for her. Let's do it. Just on her as well, please. Oh my yes. goodness. Um, so tell us, who are you? That's a good question. Well, I'm tell us your deepest and darkest <laughs> secrets about oh, yourself. Oh my goodness. I mean. From the outside and yes, so I'm Colombian. I was born in Bogota and uh, I came to the States when I was about 16 years old. I am a wife. I am privileged to have married my best friend. Uh, We remain best friends and that's honestly probably the sweetest thing about that gig that we have going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We are the proudest parents of four wonderful boys. Four boys. Uh, Four boys. I know. Teach us your ways, Yoda. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's funny because in thinking about like, why me? Why am I invited to this? The ruling is still out on those four boys. I've invested myself (laughs) fully into motherhood with these four boys. And that's not of me like patting my back. It's just like, This is what life for the last 13 years has been, Mm -hmm. uh, motherhood. And to be honest, that has been a place of restoration. That has been a place of renewal. That's been a place of surrender. Um, Motherhood has for me. And um, truth be told, there wasn't anything in my life like younger me that wanted more than to be a mother, even more than a wife. (laughs) As odd as that sounds. Who needs Jonathan? <laughs> oh, I need Jonathan. Oh, my word. So much. So much. But yes, uh, that was one thing that I didn't know, you know, growing up. I mean, I knew that I wanted to be a mother so much. I didn't quite see myself in a relationship, uh, in a partnership with someone. I didn't have a ton of great role models mm. for relationships like that growing up. Um, based on the fact that I grew up fatherless, pretty much. I think in deciding what is the messy that I'm going to share on the Mm -hmm. table, I told myself that I would ask you, Jen, how big is the table? Because I feel like my whole life, (laughs) my whole life can climb up on the table. It's a buffet. It is a buffet. Okay. Okay, good. So, I mean, I inherited messy, right? Mm -hmm. We all have some of that, I think, messy that we Mm -hmm. don't choose, but you know, we inherit from our parents, from their messy. Um, A lot of it 
as a result of the messy that they inherited from mm-hmm. their parents. Right. And two, their own choices. You know, we're, we're humans and God calls us to parenting in our flawed state. And right. I was born to my mother who was really young at the time. She was one of 11. Um, she's one of six sisters. And uh, for the longest, my closest family was my sister and my mom and me. My dad, um, they they met and she just fell in love with him and then later on found out that he was into drug dealing. And uh, oh that's a bummer gosh. to really uncover. <laughs> Things that you should that's know about bummer. someone. That's, <laughs> that's a bummer. I feel like, well, yeah, that's we, not where what we I expected there, honey. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's true. And so, and it's so crazy because as a Colombian living anywhere else in the world is like, no, Colombia is not about drugs. There was flowers and coffee. And and then my story. Oh. <laughs> it's really oh, a bummer. Well, there's so much more. There to is. It. My dad was absent for the first six years of my life uh, because he paid time in jail. So he was in prison for six years. And all of that while, I just I was a real inspired kid. I I really longed for um, a relationship with a father. And there was a hope because he would write me letters and I felt chosen and loved even in the distance. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then he returned and he was killed when I was eight. Um, Because of the drug dealing situation? Yeah, it was actually more of a, he wanted out. I'd like to think (laughs) that he wanted a different lifestyle or he Mm -hmm. wanted a different life, but he loved people Mm -hmm. and his own family was pretty broken. He was on his own since he was 12. Um, Mm. And he was a person that never met a stranger, but ultimately the niche that he found for himself was just not a good thing for him. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he was murdered um, when I was around the time that I was eight years old. So, mm. And it's funny because my hope for fatherhood in my life, it didn't end there. Like I, <laughs> I would imagine that maybe he didn't. I mean, I didn't see it happen. So in my imagination, I think I always kept the hope that maybe he was still alive somewhere, mm-hmm. that maybe there was just no closure in my heart and enter then my relationship with my Heavenly Father, right? And to me, it was a, well, I know you're good. Um, and I also know that you owe me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you owe me because... <laughs> I am without a father. Yeah, and, I was um, gypped on a dad, so yes, come on. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I see I'm watching other kids, other girls grow up, and it sure looks good for them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I don't have that. And then enter my mom remarried um, around the time that I was 12. And uh, I'm sure it was difficult to try to enter the life of people who were just, I mean, I was honest up front. I said, I don't really need a father. I had one and I have my heavenly father and and it just brought a lot of turmoil for me growing up. Um, But I do remember around that same time, around the age of 12, coming across a verse that at the time, maybe I don't remember if I read it for the first time or what, but it was 2 Corinthians 12. Um, I read it in Spanish the first time, but I'm not going to read it in Spanish. Uh, The amplified version of it says... But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Paul, who is 
writing this goes on to describe all of the different ways in which weakness can present in his life. And it says, in conclusion, when I'm weak in human strength, then I'm strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's own strength. And, you know, it wasn't that in depth when I was 12, but something about it, something about in my weakness, Mm -hmm. God is strong. Mm -hmm. That marked me for life. I mean, even though, I mean, my life was based upon being a good girl, trying Mm -hmm. really hard to be a good girl. My mom was young. Oh, I remember there was this time that I just broke a lamp. (laughs) And I think I was five. She must have been 25. She had a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And my grandma was staying with us or living with us at the time because it was in our family it was the three of us but then it was everyone else surrounding us mm-hmm. which was great um yeah for i support. do love that about yeah that culture yeah i mean it is not without its challenge okay sure. like <laughs> my aunts will probably hear me say this because they're proud of me so they'll probably listen but like oof, like with love in my culture comes this heavy opinion too. Like yeah. you know, I'm a gonna lot of tell you how it is. Anyway, you know, <laughs> in that's any culture. me being a little chocolate girl. You know, black women. Yes. I'm just like, oh my gosh, everybody has something to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you grow up in that environment and you learn to respond with the absolute best. You're gonna be smart. You're gonna be educated. You're gonna get the good grades. You're gonna give no one a chance to see any flaw with you. And I remember that time and that day because I broke the lamp and my mom was very mad at me and she was going to physically come after me and what she found was my grandma going after her physically so it was like a mouse chase or like Mm. cat chase mouse dog chase cat type of thing like in a circle and uh, I just remember the conclusion of that evening so much because at five years old I remember I remember creeping up the stairs and seeing my mom at the end of her bed just face on her hands and just crying out just feeling devastated and I don't know probably lost lonely confused and I remember going into my little room where my sister's crib was too um, and just praying like okay if you make me a really good girl Mm. if you help me be a really good girl I will trade you I'll do whatever you'll have my heart you can have all of me and so whenever there was probably a lot more going on behind the lamp yes it probably wasn't just the lamp there was a lot more in life oh and motherhood has shown me so much about so many things I think it's not like we're set up to repeat history but we are able to experience things in our lives that make us or help us relate Mm -hmm. to the pain or to maybe understand gain an understanding on things that maybe before we didn't see why our parents did this why my mom did that why Mm -hmm. you know and so it's it's beautiful to see things maybe a little bit in full circle Mm -hmm. um But in my pursuit of being a really good girl, of course, and, you know, having this deal with God, like, you're going to be a father to me because you owe me. I mean, it was easy to fool everyone. I mean, I, of course, I had flaws, of course, but it was, it was easy to have made my entire life about being a good girl Mm. and pursuing that and good things followed you know good grades um, a good reputation trust and yet still this level of like I have got to keep everyone convinced because their love for me like Mm -hmm. the love for me depends on this high expectations yeah on yourself yeah uh uh-huh starting at 
five. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think that's, yeah. I always love to see women today and the decisions that they make. I love people, but I love to study women because for some reason mm-hmm. I feel like women truly do listen to the voices around them. Mm-hmm. And I look at my boys and the world like when they're born, the world mm-hmm. begins to talk about how, oh, he's strong. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a football player. Look mm-hmm. at this. And mm-hmm. he's, and when a girl comes in, she's timid and sweet and mm-hmm. gentle. And I always want to know like, okay, this woman made this choice and she did this. Mm-hmm. And it's always like, who was this woman as a little girl before the world told her who she was supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And Everything circles back to the decisions that they make today. Mm -hmm. And if any one of us had the same story that you had, we would end up in the exact same place. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, when I first met you, it was just like, Vivi is perfect. She's perfect. (laughs) And little did I know that that's a story too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How does that affect your relationship with your Heavenly Father? If you think that your love is based off of Mm -hmm. performance. Yeah. And that's the father that replaced your father, yeah, which I think exactly. everyone in this room can relate to. Yeah. 100%. I mm-hmm. feel like it is my story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For me, coming to find out about Grace was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> this has been here the <laughs> whole time? Yes, exactly. Like, you mean to tell me that it is by grace. It is because of Jesus's goodness alone. Like, the gospel, the good news of salvation. It just, I fell in love with God for the first time, I feel like. And I want to say that I knew that God loved me, but I definitely was convinced that it was because he owed me. Like I was certain of his favor and I see his grace present in those younger years. And the fact that, you know what, when faced with difficulties, we have a choice to make. We can either turn from God and be like, he's not good. He's bad. I didn't doubt the goodness of God. And that was not of me. That was his goodness mm-hmm. for me, that I didn't doubt yeah. his goodness. But that instead, I just grabbed a hold of that goodness and thought, well, he's just and fair. So he must have something for me in my future. He's going to show up. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to respond like fathers do. Fathers pay for things. Fathers encourage their daughters. Fathers, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really have an idea because of the lack of male figures in my life that were, you know, plus a a Hispanic culture that is strong, like matriarchs, strong women, strong women covering for the men, strong women, like doing things at home and doing things at work. And I saw that. So I had plenty of that, like dynamite in me. Like, go get it. The part that I think. <laughs> I love that. Dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. Like, we're, we're not going to sit around and wait. <laughs> and I'm with you, Latanya. I feel like God made something so special in us women. I feel like he's put in us a side of himself that the world is yet to find out. And I think the world has tried so much to define and has had a narrative of its own. And I'm just so excited to be in this day and age because I feel like now that we know the heart of the Father, that we know that he's good to us, that we know that he calls us his beloved children and that we can respond to him, Abba, Father, all of us, sons and daughters, what a good day. What mm-hmm. a good day to come and recognize. It's not about equality or it's not about, it's about like legitimately recognizing his DNA in me. Like he put his character mm-hmm. in me and I am pleasing to him. I am righteous because of his son, Jesus. And I stand as a, as a co-heir mm-hmm. with Christ. And so those are mighty things. I feel like the world is 
is going to find out (laughs) what God thinks of all of us. And so I want to kind of go back to what you were talking about with this performance and achievement. And if I'm good enough, then I will get a good reward. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of the narrative that was going on in your head. I think it also applies to this kind of dysfunctional spin on the American dream or just we need to behave in Mm -hmm. certain culturally appropriate ways and be the good girl or make the right choices. So many different people are dealing with the same thing with trying to achieve God's love. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of religions, it's kind of weigh the scales. Like, have yes. you been good enough to get to heaven to earn God's love? Yeah. It's a very common thread yeah. throughout societies. Yeah. I, it's because we live in culture and we are called to be in the world, but not of it. So mm-hmm. the culture of the world is get more, mm-hmm. be more, mm-hmm. get better, be yep. better. And it's literally hustle, hustle, hustle. Yes. And God is saying, like, my grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like and there's rest, power in your weakness. Sabbath <laughs> and like Sabbath yeah, when yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, power in your weakness when mm-hmm. the culture tells us to hide yeah, our weakness. Exactly. exactly. The world it's, has completely different uh, value systems yes. than God's. Right. And we are in this world and we're called to be here and make a difference here and an impact Yeah, and here. reflect Him and all of, of those course, things. But upholding all the while an entire different value system. Mm-hmm. A value system that is shocking and like honestly makes absolute no sense. Grace is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let me just tell you, as a good girl (laughs) that pined all her life for the achievement, for the certificate of completion, like including fatherlessness. And this is probably one of my biggest messy moments that has followed me like a piece of toilet paper stuck to your shoe (laughs) coming out of the (laughs) ladies' room. Like it has followed me. Fatherlessness. I became a wife, and I was still fatherless. I became a mother, and I was still fatherless. And can I tell you something? Whenever you're going through something really hard, and you're surrounded with people who love you, you, like me, may have heard the words that said, everything happens for a reason. Mm. This is part of your testimony, which I agree with. This will make it so that other people will come to know God too through you. And, and you know, it's really true. It's, it's wisdom. But the heart of the good girl who is like, okay, I convinced myself I have got to achieve a level of completion with this fatherlessness. I recognized that And actually, it hit me like a ton of bricks one night that I was nursing. It was late, and I was nursing my second boy. I don't think I told you that I have four sons. Did I tell you that I have four sons? Well, now we know. You have four sons. (laughs) I have four sons, and they're amazing. (laughs) You talked about being a boy mom. (laughs) I did, right? Okay, good. Well, I was nursing Lucas at the time, and I remember... I had the TV on for, you know, it was, I guess, entertainment at the moment. And uh, a show came on and it was Say Yes to the Dress edition, like Southern or I don't know. It was a beautiful Barbie looking girl in her wedding dress. And she looked beautiful, okay? But you could really see her beauty in the eyes of the man that was looking at her. Her father was like, oh, honey, you are stunning. And he said, Daddy's going to buy you that dress. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I sat in my living room holding my baby, nursing. Yes, hormones. I'm sure all of it has to do with it. But I could not stop shaking. Just Mm. like my heart was crying out. Just 
why not me? Mm. Why not me? I just, my heart just cried out so much. And with why not me and like, ouch, I didn't have that. It was also like, hello, it's been years. Why am I crying about this? You know, this happened to a child when she was eight years old. This happened to a child when she like found out details when she was 15. This happened to a girl, but I am a mother now. Like, this is something that I should have graduated. Where is my certificate of completion on this? Okay, like I will use it to connect with others, with teenagers, with people in my situation. I will, but for me, for my own sake, can we please be done with this lesson. And I, I felt the voice of God in my heart. And he said something to me that I will never forget. He said, you will never outgrow your mm. need of me. Mm. You will never graduate to a point of not needing this kind of love mm -hmm. for yourself. Like, and it comes from me. And I am your endless source. And it was a bomb for my heart. Like, and, and honestly, like motherhood and raising four sons. Mm -hmm. It's weird. But trust me when I say God is restoring and reconciling like my fatherlessness as we go. <laughs> as we go. I, I, it's so funny how sometimes with the messy we want to so desperately find healing and overcome and be on the other side. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, I, I agree with this, that things that wound us or hurt us, that we do find healing for. And someday, some glorious, precious day, you'll be able to look back at a spot where maybe you bled a lot from and see that time has gone by and it healed well and, and it didn't get infected, you know, like healing took place and now there's a scar, mm -hmm. you know, and it no longer hurts the same way. Right. Right. And, and so, we show off scars, not yes, wounds. Exactly. And that's a beautiful thing. But I'm certain because we were talking about this, what the world values versus what God values. Mm -hmm. I am certain that God values a heart that is willing to return to that place, trusting him, mm -hmm. knowing that it is safe because he was walking through things, through painful things with you and that he he knows you and he knows not only your destination, but in this journey, what he's growing inside of you through these experiences. I uh, Hebrews 4 uh, in the message says something that to me is mind blowing and it reveals Jesus in such a way. It says, now that we know what we have, Jesus, this great high priest with ready access to God, let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through weakness and testing, experienced it all all but the sin. Mm -hmm. So let's walk right up to him and get what he's so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. Yeah. And again, like sometimes I'm so ready to just earn or gain that certificate of completion, that like badge and wear it and maybe not even proudly, okay? Like, yes, Yes, we want accolades, yeah. we want achievements, we want, but sometimes we just, especially maybe on a year like 2021, after a year like 2020, right. I think like we're all like, <laughs> can we be over it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yet God is ever present and saying, there are things that make you vulnerable. Mm -hmm. 
and it's good. It's it's meant to be this way. I feel like one big messy table moment for me is my own self-doubt and my own insecurities mm-hmm. um, and how sometimes now that I'm 37, they dress like, well, what have you accomplished? You know, what what have you done? Like, does this mean anything to anyone? And And that's a portion that I just think in conversation with friends, it comes up that is like, no, no, sister, you are a wife, you are a mother, like you attend church, you lead at a church, you have a job, you go to work, you respond to your life and you keep going. Of course, there's something there, Mm -hmm. right? Of course, of course, of course. It is so good to be encouraged with the words of others, what they see in us. But if at the end of the day, we go back home and it's still not enough, Mm -hmm. like, right is it enough what god says mm-hmm. of us and what is that measuring line exactly. right because i think we can all relate to that and we can even put a christian spin on it yeah. like god am i you know doing enough with the gifts that you've given me mm-hmm. with the influence that you've given me with the people around me with the children that you've given me with the husband that you've given me in the church like am i doing enough am i doing it yes. right so how do we how do we deal with that yeah i mean for me is get comfortable in your weaknesses because mm-hmm. remember 12 year old self got a hold of something and it meant something to her to recognize that in your weakness he is strong yeah so uh, here's the thing i feel like many of us are like we give ourselves the pep talk we even go as far as like boldly surrounding ourselves of the right sources the right things and and hearing the right thing but at the end of the day is it real within my heart, when all the pretending stops, Mm -hmm. when the world is not there, the world is not there. And that's healthy. I -hmm. feel like there's an entire generation that doesn't know that you can put the world down. Like you can sit it down. Preach, girl. You (laughs) You can can. put the world down. I love that. You can. Now we're scared of it. It's a little intimidating because there's missing out. Yes. Also, the vast silence of just yourself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in the quiet, sometimes you hear things that maybe you were ignoring and you didn't want to face. Because let's just be mm-hmm. honest, who wants to sit in their weakness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hardly something that you could convince anyone for, any anyone to do. Like, it is far better to say like, come on, let's just rejoice over our strengths and let's just, you know. Yet the still small voice of God and and like his goodness mm-hmm. is really available for the moment when we decide to just let it be quiet a minute, you know, and, and that moment, I think of David a lot because a man after God's own heart, which is his big thing, uh, he was well equipped in being drawn away from a crowd, you know, with the sheep and with the lion and with the giant, like all of those highlight moments were definitely built on a time of quietness Mm -hmm. before God, of really allowing himself to be raw before God. Um, To the point that his shortcomings and failures, I mean, big whoops, like David did not have little whoops. (laughs) He had big, like premeditated (laughs) mistakes and failures. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yet God saw in him his own heart. David knew how to be opened up before God and willing to like be examined fully. Like, Lord, here's my messy table and all of it, all Mm -hmm. of my messy before you. And so sometimes in our despair, 
and I, I think the word despair is one that it sounds like an Enneagram 4 is using it. Um, like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? That's like intense. The word despair is a little intense. But when we, in our doubt, if, if we're doubting our strength, right? If we're doubting our knowledge, if we're doubting our control, right? If we're doubting our righteousness, because it's uncomfortable. And we cover it up with something. And we remove ourselves from that place that is like, oh, this is uncomfortable. What we're taking away from our own hearts is the opportunity to be in God's presence, right? Mm-hmm. And find out in God's presence, like, I don't have the strength, God. Mm-hmm. I don't have the knowledge, God. I don't have control, yes. God. I don't have your righteousness. I mm-hmm. mess up. I fail. I break things. I, you know, like. It's a good reality check. It's a good like reality check. Like he's the strong check. one. Exactly. I'm not. And that's a good thing. Yes, this it is. This is a good thing. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Because in his presence, mm-hmm. like, I get it. If we put all of that on the internet, if we, I mean, like, what you're going to get is a lot of feedback. Some of it good, some of it bad. I mean, people might just be like, too much drama for me. Like, take that elsewhere. You know, understood. Again, his value system is completely different than the world's. He is accepting. He is welcoming. He is like, hey, you are altogether beautiful. There is absolutely no flaw in you. Like, I see my son in you. Like, Mm -hmm. there is true restoration for our despair. Mm -hmm. There is true healing for our despair. And, you know, Is it instant? No, maybe not. But it's a journey that he's willing to walk with us, right? Mm -hmm. And so in my self-doubt or in doubt, in doubt in general, which I think is really just a big, if I were to grab my life and think of what all the messy is about, I think doubt is probably the underlying thread on most of my messy. Yet it's also the thing that I have to say, and I can say boldly, I have seen him be good constantly, constantly, time and time again, time and time again. I've seen him be good and faithful to me. And so it doesn't matter what circumstance I'm facing. It doesn't matter what uh, circumstances my marriage is facing. It doesn't matter what circumstances in parenting I'm facing. It doesn't matter what the church is facing. It doesn't matter what globally we're facing. Mm. I have seen the goodness of God in my life. And that's undeniable. Mm -hmm. And he's promised me that I will see the goodness of God in this land of the living. So it's not only like his righteousness that he gave me, gives me a ticket to get to heaven. It legitimately (laughs) also means I can expect good things right here, right now. But that strength and that courage is kind of like the trade-off of being in his presence and being like, this is my despair. Mm-hmm. This is my despair. And what he gives me instead is the certainty that, you know what? There's no amount of doubt that is going to rip me away from the love that holds me. The love that holds me. The love that holds me. There is no amount of doubt that is going to uproot it from my life. And it, that alone gives me, I think, strength to move forward. It gives me the joy and the peace to not perform, 
to not try really hard to be a good wife, to not try really hard to be a good mom, because it's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> to try so hard is so exhausting. It is. Well, and you keep talking about this upside down kingdom, right? So we yeah. want to try and God's saying surrender and we want to be the leader and the yeah. best. And he's yeah. like, get low, right? Yeah. Die to yourself. Mm. I'm calling you to be my servant. Mm. The least is the greatest. Like, mm-hmm. you know, blessed are the poor. Like all these things that are just mm. so backwards. And yeah. it's like, what God? Mm-hmm. But we're not supposed to be looking to our own achievement. We're supposed to be looking to his strength. Mm-hmm. And that's really the way of Jesus, y'all. And that's good news for us. Yes, I mean, is. that is good news for us because no matter how hard we try, we cannot reach this pinnacle level that we think we can. Mm-hmm. We cannot pull ourselves up by our bootstraps mm-hmm. good enough to get there. We just can't. Like the gap is too big. Yeah. We cannot jump across this gap, right? Mm-hmm. Like we need him to bridge the gap for us. Mm-hmm. And so this is good news. Is. The funny thing is, It's good news now because we know it. Yeah. And our pastor would always say, it's not good news until you know the really bad news. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm striving to be perfect, I will never forget the first time I heard about grace. And it's just like the story of God dying on the cross. And right before he dies, the thief yells, take me with you. And I'm like, so he gets to live a whole life doing whatever he wants and holler out a good, take me with you. And Jesus is like, see you in paradise, bro. Like what? Mm-hmm. I could not grasp that. And I was a little frustrated. And then I went through high I've school. I've been working really hard That's down what here. I'm thinking. Like, do you not see me, Jesus? Like I'm doing announcements at the church. I'm up here trying to be perfect and do great things. And I go through high school as like, innocent Latanya. And then I go into college and I realize, like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for grace and mercy. <laughs> P.S. How much? So we get it every day. I was wondering how much do we get a day? What is my portion? Have I tapped out my quota? Have I tapped out my quota because I'm really good at overachieving? And then when you realize that you're the one that's in need of a savior Mm. and you're the one that's in need of grace, Mm. then you realize just how good that news is. And also when you go through something, when you realize the only way you got out of that. And I would even venture to say still coming out of it, mm-hmm. it had to be the grace of God. Yeah. I think of every story over the 100 episodes <laughs> that we've listened to, the theme is the same. A messy situation came up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we walk into the messy situation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we are walking and the messy situation slaps us in the face. Mm-hmm. But every time God shows up. Every time. And when he shows up, things change. And I know that your story starts off messy at 12, but is that Mm -hmm. your last time you've really seen God show up? When has he shown up for you recently in a messy Mm -hmm. situation? Well, I mean, my youngest deals with severe food allergies. And um, if you're a parent, you might relate to this. I mean, you have the first and you think, oh my gosh, I have to get it all right. This is my one chance. And everything that I do is like meaningful and matters. And so this is it. You have to get it right. So as a parent of your first one, you really break your neck. Then the second one comes and you're like, okay, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, if they eat a little dirt, it's okay. Every it's question okay. is like, but is he alive? 
okay, good. We're good. We're good. Exactly. <laughs> Three kind of the same thing. You're like, all right. You know, they can they can kind of take care of each other even. Like, this is a good flow. This is good. Yes, we're in over our heads. We're outnumbered. But okay, this is good. And then the fourth one comes around. And Felix is his name. He was born. Like, I was pregnant. <laughs> he was born three months before the season that my husband and I accepted the leadership of our church. And there was a lot about that pregnancy that was very much just same <laughs> to what uh, we were experiencing in our hearts. Just like this something is brewing inside of me. Something is growing inside of me. And I cannot see with my eyes what it is what it looks like is it cute you know <laughs> like are his eyes real close together like is he does he have 10 toes and 10 fingers um you can't see the details all you know is like something is growing and is gonna burst to life <laughs> by the way that's the question i asked my husband two times when both my kids were born do they have all their fingers and toes i, I don't remember know why. when she was telling the story i was like that's jen's only question but why so i don't know why i went there like it wasn't premeditated but both times do they have all their fingers? And if they didn't, it would be fine, children. Right. But right. anyway, continue. Right. No, it's okay. And so we were in this season of just like something's got to give, something's got to change. And then vision came. And when vision came, it was like, I didn't have the details. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But it was almost like a promise. Like God staked his promise in our hearts. And it was like, this is coming. And I'm going to make it happen, which is ultimately what you experienced during a pregnancy, like this is coming. You don't know how it's going to happen, <laughs> but it's coming. Um, so we had that expectation of good. But I also had my preconceived notions as a mother of like three older boys. There is just something that experience sometimes teaches you that you're like, I've got this. I can be on auto mode, like autopilot is going to be the thing and then Felix comes out and he deals with eczema at first like from really young and uh, so I started changing my diet and seeing what it could be well it turns out he is like severely allergic to um, pretty much brunch oh <laughs> it's so I sad love brunch it's <laughs> very sad it's so sad I remember so what, like eggs yeah eggs dairy gluten and oh uh, gelatin <laughs> But I mean, from the start, I mean, if we're talking about like a recent messy moment in my life, our journey with Felix and his food allergies, um, it's been unsettling maybe mm -hmm. to me to have to find a new way of doing things mm -hmm. in motherhood that you're like, this is how we do things. And now it's like we have to do things differently. Mm -hmm. It's been hard in the sense that I just... I'm not ready to put a label on him. I don't want him to be different than his brothers. Mm -hmm. I don't want him to think of himself as broken, you know, or I don't know. And so I navigate a lot of these things in my life with him. And um, the plan of action gets me. It gets me that my understanding of what good is, is not the same thing that is good for Felix. Oh, yeah. And that shift has been interesting it's put my heart once more in that area of like but god says is good an example of this when he was an infant and he had eczema it was really bad this really is what i was bad. about to share i think is this the, the bleach yes, yes. <laughs> 
Oh my word. It is like one of my finest moments. <laughs> Vivi is a clean, like clean makeup, clean hair products, like clean eating. She's like the glamorous oh hippie. Glamorous it's, crunchy is like what that. she is. It's so funny. It's not really a statement in life. Like it's not like I've mentioned that I like being a good girl and like I try and go out of my way to be. This is not that. Like legitimately, I try to think that I've learned to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, even on silly things. Like mm-hmm. even on like you know, I was fed hot dogs and whatever growing up I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But I do like to ask the question or perceive myself and my choices for my family as like, Holy Spirit, is this a good product? I also, it comes to from not wanting to be super informed. I don't want to read all the labels. Sure. I don't want to. So, but I do like to think, I bet he'll lead me into the right thing. And so my choices are strange. And one choice that I don't make for our family or didn't before was Clorox <laughs> to the point that it was like out of my house and I didn't realize how much of a snob I had become I didn't <laughs> I didn't but I had I had so badly because are you saying you didn't use Clorox no I didn't use Clorox okay. and I didn't own Clorox okay <laughs> Felix his skin was so broken out and so bad that his pediatrician or not the pediatrician the um dermatologist said okay this is what you're gonna do you're gonna have to go home you're gonna have to give him like oh like a bleach bath yeah Uh uh-huh and I like in my head I snickered I mean she's a friend so if she listens to this she's heard me I've shared it from the pulpit too like I snickered in my head I was just like I don't even own bleach. Like in my head, I'm the like, audacity, this is a baby, and you want me to bathe my child this in this? This is a baby. Like, what could you possibly mean? Oh my gosh! So I didn't do it. I guys, I mean, like Jen's eyes are big right now. I know you guys can't see this, but her eyes are big. I didn't. Hey, I'm all about following your own conviction. Oh, this was I'm about a... following the rules. Yeah. She said my baby would be baptized in bleach. <laughs> <laughs> well guess what it got worse and then like yeah she was like Vivi this is wrong (laughs) she was like you need to do this and with a humble heart and a humble attitude and like just burned I had to march myself to Walmart to buy some some bleach and guess what put the portion of it in the bath and be like Lord this is what you call good not what I consider good but what you call good in this circumstances trumps everything that my life that in my life says is good uh yeah praise god for clorox praise god for bleach yeah it did it cleared out his skin and of course the skin was just like the the most alarmed uh portion of what he was dealing with at the time um that's been under control because guess what it does work whenever you follow the instructions (laughs) oh my goodness and so we did that and 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 yes and he's very healthy and he's growing very healthy um and i'm so thankful and it's only jesus and it's a lot more Mm -hmm. stories of like this is a good that i wouldn't have chosen this is is, yes this is a good that i would have considered bad all of my life that maybe with diego with my oldest my 13 year old it would have been like no this is bad bad but god says something else so again this is connected to the vulnerability talk because it's it's the same thread of like i cannot get myself to doubt the goodness of god like his goodness is gonna trump what i understand or consider good Mm -hmm. yes anytime and he has the freedom to do that now will i see it in my life only if i'm open in my despair Only if I'm ready and willing to cast my crowns before him. Mm. Mm. 
And we have to listen to that Holy Spirit today. Like, God, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to shift my perspective today? Who can I love today? How do I need to change my thinking or apologize to someone or start something new today? Like it has to be fresh and new. I mean, obviously his ways and his wisdom is timeless, but the Holy Spirit is also doing a new thing every day. Yes. And also going back to when you said good, like my version of good and Mm -hmm. your version of good. Mm -hmm. I think that's laced throughout every woman's story because when we choose good, I'm praying for healing of a diagnosis. Like, okay, God, Mm -hmm. show that you are good and heal my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. That's my version of good. Mm -hmm. Or in the Bible where a couple of friends decide to take their bestie to a roof, lower him down. Mm -hmm. And the first words out of God's mouth are not pick up your bed and walk. It's like, you have been forgiven. Mm -hmm. I have legs that are broken. And the first thing you want to say to me is that my my sins are forgiven. (laughs) Thank you. But this isn't really what we get to the legs. Oh my word. We're we're expecting a miracle. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I want us to go through life with that small reminder Mm -hmm. that his ways are not ours. His Mm -hmm. thoughts are not ours. And yet all things work for the good of those Mm -hmm. who love the Lord. Mm -hmm. So my good looks like healing. My good looks like healing from infertility. My good Mm -hmm. looks like healing Mm -hmm. of a diagnosis. My good looks like healing of a marriage today. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. his good is for the journey that he's taken me on from the moment that I lost my parents to the woman that I am today, to the way that I parent Mm -hmm. in a way where I know that time is of the essence and we are just a mist and that I know I can trust God with my kids because my parents had to trust God with theirs and we are decent. I mean, (laughs) we're pretty good. Yeah. I'm not one to brag, but we are alive and we're well. No, but that is so good. My good is not God's good and God's good is always best. It's always best. Yeah. It's always good. And it is good beyond what you can work out the details or the understanding or the knowledge. And again, when our eyes are set on the world and the world's value system, mm-hmm. yes. we are more than likely to miss mm-hmm. the good that is God's best. Yes. Right. Right? Well, and I want to pose a question based on yeah. what you were talking about earlier, kind of with fatherlessness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's probably something that a lot of us secretly, even if we don't really realize it on the surface, where we kind of say to God, I feel like you're withholding X mm-hmm. from me whether it was your dad, whether it's Latanya, you know, we've both lost people that we love. They're not here. We want them to be here. Why aren't they here? Right. There's all kinds of situations that in our innermost being, we might feel like God's withholding something Mm -hmm. from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would just pose that question. What do you feel like God is withholding? And then how do we need to shift our perspective to possibly see the good that's still there, even if it's different than what we we think it is. Little girls. Oh my (laughs) gosh. Yeah. Again, one more thing, like in my mind, good was like, you should have given me four daughters. (laughs) That was the good that I could see my life being. I mean, like Latanya and I are mothers of boys and it seems like, really? (laughs) Like, I love them. I adore them. I know you love your sons so much, so much. And Latanya, you and I have had this conversation. Vulnerable, raw. I mean, like the spare talk. Like, that's what I'm saying before God. Like, 
um, this is out of my strength, this is out of my control, this is out of my knowledge. I don't understand why you chose it this way. I love my voice, okay? I love my voice. <laughs> I've said to the Lord, change my heart that longs to be a mother to daughters. Like, mm -hmm. change my heart. You can do that. That, Jen, is an area in which I can say, I have thought, I have felt that God was withholding something from me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being pregnant one of the times, sons, I love you, all four of the times, I was like, it's going to be a girl. Surely it's going to be a girl. Praying for a girl, like, committedly to like, this is it. God is so good. I'm so excited. All four times. Mm -hmm. The last time, my children, I mean, the older ones, when the ultrasound, they came, they were all like, we can never tell them. And I was like, sons, This was me every time with each one of you. You don't <laughs> understand. Like, first of all, nothing's broken. I love you. I adore you. I'm going to love you forever. I'm your biggest cheerleader. But you have to understand there's something about me. My good and my understanding was that I would lead like an army of women who stand in freedom, who wave a flag, who connect with each other, who are tribal. Like, and you know what I realized? Like, He won't change my heart about it because it's who I am. Mm -hmm. It pleases him that I am this way. He's not withholding anything. He's just, I don't understand anything just of his timing. Than what, and you are pouring into women and you are raising future fathers. Yeah. And you know, that's where I see a loop of restoration there. I think wherever all of my life I carry this like fatherless you know, situation, what an opportunity God has given me when oh, he's put four sons yes. in my life that I only, not only do I get to see how my husband does it, yeah. I see how God himself does it. Because let me just put it this way. These things like motherhood and fatherhood, they are deeply embedded in the heart of a person from mm. the time that they are born. Like it is embedded because it is generations. We are generations. I mean, Father Abraham, consider what that meant. David, And like the prophecies and the things that he saw or that through his lineage, Jesus came. Like we're connected. We are deeply connected. Mm -hmm. I am deeply connected to women who came before me yeah. from many different ways and, and walks of life. Mm -hmm. you know? And the women after you who you're pouring into. Exactly. The women that my children will choose to be my daughters. Like I even see restoration in that future end. And I pray with it boldly. Like I do not relent and I will not give any, like not even an inch step back um, because that relationship of mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, I've seen it in, in my culture is so broken. It's so devastating because mothers, especially mothers of boys are so like my boy. I mean, like I understand you love so deeply, you've poured yourself so deeply, like so much comes through you that is like, it could never be without me. My love is always going to make me the nurturer person and the main person in this child's life. But that's not God's way. It's equipping and loving and sending off. Mm. And I will gain a daughter. Like, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. If God changed my heart, which he won't, he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't. And I no longer was a woman who, believes in women who believes in God's daughters if I was no longer that person like I don't know how many ways that would fracture my future and my relationship with my sons you know having this heart that he's given me that longs for somebody's little head that I can braid mm -hmm. her hair or dress in cute clothes that's like, what I'm thinking like the I mini know, me I just knew I, I was going to be like 
empowering a little girl. She's gonna be my mini me. Mm. But yeah, you guys should just both adopt. No, we're not. Oh, we're I'm just, I don't. I can't do anything <laughs> else in my family. Again. I nothing else in my family. Listen, I, I just know the thing that you should never do, dogs. which is tell someone tell how. Them. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not doing. I'm not. Well, I'm not you doing know. That. It's open. Like, I, I know better than to sit here and say, I know the you're good right. for our family. Right. Right. Anyways. Oh, but I right. do have to say, my eyes are set on Jesus on mm. this. He has a plan and a purpose. Yeah. And even if I don't see it, and truly, like, if we really think about it, these words apply to everything in our lives. The things that we long for that we don't have, that we feel like God is holding out on me. He's withholding mm-hmm. something that is good in my eyes, right? Like, he has better. He has better. Right. And all he asks of us, even for the miraculous things, is that we keep our eyes on Jesus. Because mm-hmm. like, he is, is good. And he exactly, is the one who provides every good gift. Exactly. And, you know, there's a picture that I've had in my mind since I started thinking about here or this and preparing for this. And that's Peter in the boat wanting to step out of the boat and walk on water with Jesus. And, you know, his whole perspective or what Jesus says to him, like, Keep your eyes on me, Mm -hmm. you know, keep your eyes on me. And I just think to myself and the value that the world has and the people that surrounds us and what actually matters. I think we don't know what was happening in the boat. We don't know if, I mean, was Peter like, John, what do you think? I mean, you're the beloved. Do you think I can do it? Judas, what do you think? Are the statistics like, (laughs) is there a chance that I'll make it? How deep do you think this water Mm -hmm. is like? Can I do it? Do you think I can do it? And a lot of times, like, in life. Yeah. Truly. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's good. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Like, it was not a small thing. It wasn't like, you know, it was like, you will walk on water. You will walk on water if you keep your eyes on Jesus. You will walk on water if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Let's equate that to everything in our lives. I mean, is raising a healthy family more difficult than walking on water? (laughs) <laughs> like, maybe. 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 <laughs> keep your eyes on Jesus. Right. Yeah. You know, it's take, keeping your marriage afloat or maybe not even just keeping afloat, but Lord knows, like growing, like mm-hmm. truly being fully in love, being fully known and fully loved. Like, is that possible? Because what was on the table for Peter was walking on water. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Let all of the things air out. Let your despair be known before your God because He will show you. And in that place, in His presence, we will find out. We will find out that, you know what? Maybe there's some thoughts about what's good and what's not good that we need to reshift and Mm -hmm. allow God Himself, the Holy Spirit, to redefine for us. Right? Right? He wants to do that. He wants to do that. He wants to redefine what is good in your life, that you may actually like truly mean it when you say the words, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good. For we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His design purpose. Mm. All things work together for our good, right? It is His design so that we mean it, so that we mean it when we say, I know all things work together for my good. That's good. Mm. He's good. He is good. And it's still hard. <laughs> it is. But in everything, he is good. All right. Well, after we stopped recording, Vivi remembered she had some fabulous resources to share and we never got to them. But I didn't want her or you guys to miss this opportunity. So If Gathering with Jenny Allen is one she highly recommends, as well as You're the Girl for the Job by Jess Connolly, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, 
and the She Reads Truth devotionals and Bible plans are all highly recommended resources by your new friend, BB. So you can find that and other resources mentioned in the conversation notes at jenjewel.com. You can also subscribe for free wherever you like to stream and connect with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. Y'all, I am leaving the table today with so many great nuggets in my back pocket, like get comfortable in your weaknesses and you can put the world down and just keep your eyes on Jesus. These are such great reminders for me. I hope they are for you as well. And as you head back into your world and into your week, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.